All right. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Chopping It Up with P. Scott. I'm Prescott Kelly. Today is Super Bowl Sunday, February 11th. Glad to have you back with us. I mentioned in the episode on Tuesday that I switched podcast platforming. And I got to tell you, man, it's been really cool to see. Now that I got new stats in front of me, Missouri, New Jersey, California, Germany, and the Netherlands, y'all came in strong. Missouri, I kind of get because the last episode that I uploaded that wasn't necessarily my most recent episode was about me saying that I never want to see the Kansas City Chiefs ever again as a Bills fan. And look, man, I can be a fan of a team. It just, I mean, doesn't mean that I'm stupid and delusional. Number 15 is number 15. He is him, as the young kids like to say. But you guys have been beaten over the head a lot over the past week, week and a half of just dumb Super Bowl, you know, just the generic stuff. There's the storylines, it's us against the world, and if you're a Chiefs fan, you're going, you're the Niners. You have the most talented roster, top to bottom, that we think in the NFL. And Niners fans are going, it's us against you because you got the GOAT Patrick Mahomes. But you'll still discredit him. It doesn't matter what happens. Like, you already have your excuses laid out if you lose. And as much as people want to say that sports and politics keep them out of each other, you kind of like to dabble in them. Mostly because of the way that you act the way when you lose. Anyway, so what I'm going to do is not do a whole lot of like Super Bowl pregame analysis, if you will, because again, wherever you land, you land. I'm not going to change your mind basically two and a half hours before the game starts. What I do want to do, reach us some topping points. Taylor Swift is who LeBron James thinks he is. I had a weird experience like in the Caleb Williams experience when it comes to uh, Madden this morning. It's if you play Madden, you're going to like not even really care, but it'll make some sense going forward. And the people who say I'm not going to watch Super Bowl because I don't care, you're going to watch. And I got big, 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 big thoughts on that. It's not really that big. The people get mad about it, though. Whew, they do, though. But to start off the episode, one, Super Bowl spread. Didn't say that in the intro. Don't think I need to, though. What are you doing for the Super Bowl spread? You can find us literally anywhere you find your podcast, which I can proudly say now before I was handcuffed. Now, it don't matter where you listen, except for iHeartRadio. I got some paperwork to do with them. But whatever platform you listen to, like, share, subscribe, smash those five-star reviews. But yeah, the food. Like, a lot of people who aren't really into the Super Bowl say, well, I'm just watching for the commercials. Why? The commercials have been good in like 20 years. We're not here for the commercials. We're here for the food. If you're not an actual football fan, you're here for the food. And if you're a Swiffer, as I call them, you're here for Taylor. And if you're not here for Taylor, you're here for Ursher, baby. Peace up, A-Town down. This is what we're here for. Like, this is why the NFL has been king is go- and is going to continuously be king is because the football fans want to watch the game. Now, yes, there's been some Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey stuff. There's, you know, oh, well, she's ruining football. She ain't ruining football, dog. It used to be something like you could just hang out with your boys and now your girlfriend or wife wants to watch with you, but that's all you wanted to initially. All you wanted was them to be part of the game. 
And now they are, but it's it's because it's Travis Kelsey. You wanted them to watch the game because you wanted them to watch the game with you. Now they want to watch it because Travis Kelsey got that fade. And I'm glad that he squashed that whole rumor about he invented the fade. No, that man, that man knew what he was doing. He's up on game. But like the reason why they want to watch the game isn't because of you though. And that's why you mad. Oh, I don't want to see Taylor Swift every four seconds, bro. I said this Tuesday's episode. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. I also don't care. I'm a grown ass man. I'm almost 40. I can just ignore it. It's the same thing with social media. You can just scroll past it, dog. You don't have to watch it. You don't have to even care about it, but you do, but you care about it now because you wanted the woman of your dreams to be in love with your team, but that ain't, that, that ain't how it went though, is it? I mean, in some situations it might be, but for the people, for the men specifically, like men, football, or Neanderthal, that's who we are. Women, uh, kind of take or leave it. Generally speaking, I know a lot of like really in-depth football fans that are women. I get it. But I'm saying like generally speaking, just painting with a broad brush, nobody attacking mans. But like my wife really leaned into me as a Bills fan just because like, you know, I, I was. I was a huge Bills fan like in my early to mid-20s uh, when they were really, really bad. And if somebody's willing to stick with you through that and they don't know how bad they are, and this, this is how I know it's crazy is like, cause I'm so pessimistic and I'm so cynical now. She's like, why don't you just have a little bit of faith? I'm like, I've been doing this for almost 40 years. You've been doing it for a little over 10. We'll be married 12 years this year. And I'm like, you don't, you don't know what I've been through, but I appreciate, I appreciate that she's been there through everything, but, but like really hardcore, ugh, hardcore sports fans. This is what I live and breathe. Yeah. Um, you don't like the fact that the, the woman that you're married to or dating likes football because it's either A, the music of Taylor Swift, or B, because Travis Kelsey's a good-looking dude who's dating the person that they're infatuated with. That's why you mad, dog. That's why you mad. But for everybody out there who's like, I'm not watching Super Bowl because I don't care. Yeah, you will. You got the same people say, I'm not watching this Super Bowl because of there's too much Taylor Swift or the same people say I'm not watching because the Kaepernick and ratings haven't been higher. Like y'all just need to stop it. Social media can see through what I was saying earlier on my, on my uh, Facebook page was like, I can't wait to see the ratings of people who said they weren't going to watch, but did that's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see the numbers on that. Not that it can ever be measured, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, moving on. So we'll talk a little bit of football right now because I want to get into not so much the ins and outs, like my analysis of what the game's going to be. But there is something interesting to me as far as I use the term sports simp a lot. And I don't think that I'm necessarily off base with it. I don't think I'm being out of pocket when I say certain things like that. Because when we are scrolling through our socials and we see the same person saying the same thing. It could be somebody that, you know, personally, it could be a quote unquote respected reporter. It could be, or it could be a Homer like Merrill Hodge. The other day said that Caleb Williams, he knew he was going to be a bust. Merrill Hodge has been wrong. Just an absolute ton of times. 
But because it's Caleb Williams and it's in the news cycle now, everybody's feeding to that trough of, oh, you know, he's, I knew it. Merrill Hodge said it. Man, what the f- does that have to do with anything? Mel Kuyper, same thing. Tom McShay, all these draft experts, they whiff all the time. Johnny Manziel, always oh, going to be great. Got it. Tim Tebow, yeah, super great guy. Yeah, a great guy. Terrible quarterback. There's case after case. It's like, and it's not even just like the new guys. We had Ryan Leaf. And it's not, the, to, to be fair to the, the guys who do this for a living as far as scouts are concerned, the GMs don't have to listen to them, but they do to a degree, apparently. And the reason why I say this, and it's coming full circle to a story that I don't think that most people are going to care about, but I haven't played Madden in a really long time. I'm still a huge Witcher fan. I've been replaying that. Uh, replaying Phoenix Rising, because that game is dope. Ubisoft outdid themselves. That is an underrated game. If you don't know Phoenix Rising, go check it out. If you're especially reading mythology, slam dunk game. But I've been playing a bunch of those, and I've been kind of like getting back into the 2K circuit. But I decided I was going to go ahead and play Madden this morning, and the EA servers were down. So I was like, okay, let's go ahead and do like an offline franchise mode. I'll go ahead and start that. And what I'll do is I'll just simulate the entire 2023 season. I don't care what happens. I'll just take over. You know, and I made some offseason moves, made some trades, cut some players, everything else like that. And I was able to get the third pick in the draft. And I was like, this is going to be dope. I'm going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. at the third. Let's go ahead and get it. Yeah. Uh, If you just simulate stuff and don't know where the draft is, what the order is, uh, it's just like real sports. Anything can happen. And if you ain't paying attention, it ain't going to happen. Somehow, the Cincinnati Bengals got the first pick in the draft. And they decided to let Tyler Boyd walk. And they went ahead and got Marvin Harrison Jr. So me trading up to the number three spot, look who's there. Drake May went number two. I can't remember where he went to. But Marvin Harrison Jr. went number one, Drake May number two, and Caleb Williams is sitting right in my motherfucking lap. Now I'm trying to like, I'll try to trade down, but I'm just getting like running backs and third and fourth round picks and all this other stuff. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and pick him because draft capital for him or Josh Allen is going to be high. That's exactly what I did. I traded Josh Allen for Will Anderson Jr. of the Texans, which I didn't understand why, because looking at all the trade proposals, Will Anderson, and it wasn't like the Texans had gotten rid of C.J. Stroud or he had some season-ending injury. They're like, hey, you can just have Will Anderson in a first-round pick, and I'm playing on all Madden. You can stop at the go play all rookie. No, it's all Madden simulation. I don't know, but they gave me... Will Anderson Jr., a first rounder, and like a bunch of like just fifth and sixth round picks pushed on the line. I was like, yeah, dog, y'all can have him because you're going to pay him and then you're going to have to do something with CJ Stroud. Maybe I'll scoop him up later. This is obviously an anecdotal just kind of like thing for me from this morning. But the thing is, you have no idea if these guys are going to be good or not. I made the exact same argument about Patrick Mahomes in real life. Nobody thought Patrick Mahomes was going to be Patrick Mahomes until Patrick Mahomes started doing Patrick Mahomes things. Like, he was the 10th pick in the draft. There were nine other teams that could have had him. And when you look at that draft, the Chiefs weren't the only team that needed a quarterback. Alex Smith just went, I think, what, 13-3? and Went to a divisional or a 
the championship game, I believe. One, one of the two happened, but they were like 13-3 and three and still went up and got a quarterback. But nine teams passed on him, and if the Chiefs didn't trade up, how much further would he have slipped? Nobody knew he was going to be what he was going to be. Same thing with Caleb Williams. But the reason why you might think that Caleb, everyone's saying that Caleb Williams isn't going to be good just because of his attitude. You can have a bad attitude when you're 19, 20 years old. You've never been a 19, 20 year old. You mean like you never were rebellious? You never thought you were better than what you thought you were? These things happen. But we also see sometimes it takes a couple of years to grow. It depends on where he goes, but it's not even just so much necessarily like the skill position guys. It's, it's, it's everything. And I try not to be like too preachy of the coaching and management because, you know, it, it, it largely is a, a player driven economy, whether it's because of the actual team itself, you need the talent or just the viewership, the eyeballs. You're watching the players. You don't really care about the coaches. You want to watch the players do what they do. So yeah, I mean, like if he goes to Chicago, what are you going to do? You're going to trade him and get more draft capital back and keep Justin Fields. You're going to move Justin Fields. You're going to move the pick all together. Like, it doesn't matter. Oh, he's going to go to, to the Patriots. Yeah. He's going to do super well there with all the offensive talent there. Like, but it doesn't matter. Like if he goes to the Patriots and he flourishes, it's going to be always oh, Gerard Mayo with the Bill Belichick tree. And you know, like fans are gonna make up their own stupid response and their own deductive reasoning as why somebody's good. But the thing is like, there's no offensive talent there. If he goes to Chicago, there's a little bit there. If he goes to New England, there's nothing there. And if somebody else who has a lot of offensive talent, great offensive line, and are willing to mortgage the future to go get him, he'll flourish. And guess what? If he does, it's going to say, see, I told you so. You've already got your stuff made up. You got your excuses already bankrolled, dog. I'm almost 40 years old. I see how all y'all work. But I'm just saying, I had some difficult decisions to make, and I traded Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. But I got an offensive line on a rookie quarterback deal. That's how I did things. I haven't played any games yet, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Just saying, he's going to be great if he goes to Buffalo. So I got a little bit sidetracked. Sorry, my ADHD is bonkers and you just have to deal with it. For the new listeners across the country, this is something that I do. Just get used to it, unfortunately. But while we're here, shameless plug. I guess this is a shameful plug. Like, share, subscribe, smash the five-star reviews wherever you get your podcasts, except for iHeartRadio at the moment. Tell your friends about Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wives. We can grow this into the evil empire that we were trying to build it to and getting back to the Super Bowl. The storylines really make something for me. Uh, one game to me does not define a career. I thought Andrew Reid was a great head coach before he got Patrick Mahomes. When you go to five NFC uh, Championship games with the Eagles and make a Super Bowl, that's a good run. You get labeled as can't win the big one, but now he has Mahomes, and that's oh, it's only because he has Mahomes. No, dude, like he ran the NFC for half a decade plus. It's kind of the same way where. Uh, I do the coaching analysis where Kyle Shanahan is going to start getting lumped into, well, can he win the big one? If Kansas City wins, it's going to put it on, again, it depends on whatever storyline that you want to portray. You know, if, if Kansas City wins, it's Mahomes is the GOAT. Or it's Mahomes beat uh, Shanahan because Shanahan once again lost a fourth quarter lead or outsmarted himself. Like stop trying to be the analytics guy and, you know, try to be a football guy. When Dan Campbell two weeks ago out footballed himself and wasn't a smart guy, just try to be a, 
a football guy. Like it doesn't really matter. Whatever you want to do, you'll find out you're you're gonna create your own narrative based on what makes you feel good. But Kyle Shanahan, like if they were to lose this Super Bowl, they've been to what? Two in the last four years, five, somewhere in that ballpark. Came up empty, but they've been one of the best football teams in like the NFL, like they've been ridiculously good over this like five year stretch. So do you get rid of him if you lose Super Bowl? Because you haven't been there in a while before you got him. And uh, what we usually do, like in the moment, we hyper criticize. And as a Bills fan, I, I kind of know what this feels like. Now, back in the day, as a, as a Bills fan, you know, I was, what, five, six years old when the Bills started going to Super Bowls. And again, I, I was a Jim Kelly fan because of my name, but I wasn't a Bills fan. But going to school every day with my starter jacket, you, you know, you get the boy I love living Super Bowls. And it's like, okay, I got it. Got it, man. But the further removed that we are from that period, the early 90s, the Bill, that Bill's squad is revered a lot differently than it was in the moment. And Kyle Shanahan, I think, is kind of in that same boat right now where if they lose again today, it's going to be he can't win the big one. He's going to outsmart himself. Uh, clock management, whatever you want to say. That's going to be the narrative. And if Andy Reid loses today, it's like, see, last year was a fluke. Tyreek Hill wasn't there right last year, right? Went to Miami. He's been there two years now, but they won a Super Bowl last year. Now it's going to be C. You can only get by for so long. So little talent. Mahomes only so good, blah, blah. But people forget that Travis Kelsey is the same age as Gronk, and it's just a stupid thing. But my my larger point is like when it comes to the legacy thing is no the reason that these guys are so great and it's so impossible to outkick the coverage of the ghost of yesteryear is that even though time progresses, we still stay in the past and not until later on do we fully appreciate what's going on. So it used to be, well, Bradshaw, 4-0, four Super Bowls, man. Then it was Montana. And they were like, well, Brady. Oh, well, Brady lost a couple, even though he has the most of any quarterback. But then we find a way to discredit that. And like Marv Levy is the same way. Four straight Super Bowls. We couldn't get it done. Lost four in a row. But now we see, man, to get to four straight was crazy, man. No one, no one's ever done it before. And it's not until a little bit later you go, yeah, we didn't win one though. It's impossible. You're constantly chasing the ghosts of yesteryear. And you're not allowed to create your own story anymore. Even if Mahomes does win another one this year, I'm not trying to dumb it down to just the quarterback, but that's what y'all care about. So I'm going to say right there, if the Chiefs and Mahomes wins another Super Bowl, I mean, he still has less than Terry Bradshaw and he's a much better quarterback than Terry Bradshaw, but he's also like 26 years old, 27. We're trying to write the ending of these guys' careers before it's done. Same thing with the coaching staffs. Shanahan, he's still pretty young, man. Like he's going to get, if the Niners fire him because they lose today and they, they're having PTSD of we cannot have this anymore. Okay, he's going to get another gig. He's young enough and he's shown the track record of being able to not just give other people chances that usually wouldn't, but getting the right guys 
to help him succeed as well. He's going to land on his feet. He's going to get another gig. But one thing I've learned about this space and being in this podcast game for a little over two years now is that the microphone doesn't wait for anybody. Like they, whoever gets to it first, you don't even have to be right. Just get out there, get a hot take. That isn't who I am. That's not what I'm about. And if San Francisco loses a day, would they fire him? I wouldn't think so. But you know Niners fans are going to start calling for him, though. Just like if the Chiefs lose, Andy Reid, you're over the hill. Travis Kelsey, you're over the hill. He's the same age as Gronk, too, which is wild to me. And Gronk's, he's retired twice. But it, it, there is, like, there's constant confliction between we got to win now versus build for the future. And I've, I've been telling this kind of ties into my Caleb Williams Madden moment was, you know, I'm just, I'm playing for the future now, dog. Like I got Von Miller who's retired. Stefan Diggs is 30. Josh Allen, I'm I'm not going to pay him that money. I'll bite the bullet now and a year from now. We'll just figure things out later. Like sometimes you just got to do that. But fans, Madden and 2K have made fans so irrational and just so disconnected from how hard it is to run a franchise that they just think they can do it because, well, the computer said I can do it. So that it must be that easy. It's not that easy, especially doing it well and doing it that well for that long, which the Chiefs have done, which Andy Reid has done. And if you didn't think that Andy Reid was anywhere, arguably to, I don't do top fives and top tens, but if you didn't think that he was one of the greatest head coaches that's ever like offensive masterminds that's ever coached the game before he got to Kansas city, then you're a Neanderthal and you just strictly go off rings culture which I mean, which is fine, but that is saying who I am. So I put on my chop it up with P. Scott page on Facebook that Taylor Swift is who LeBron James thinks that he is. And it was a take that I had heard uh, on the Levitard show as a Pablo Torre, I think is the one who had mentioned it, which I thought was really eloquently put. Cause like, I'm not big on Twitter. Like I just, I just got on X. Okay, that sounds bad when you say it that way. Uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter, that is now X. I just got on there. There's no like no activity whatsoever. Um, but the overall comparison was that uh, Taylor Swift will leave kind of cryptic messages, I guess. And it's about either album release dates, tour dates, uh, things like that. It's always really cryptic. It's like, what is she doing next? And LeBron James does the exact same thing. It's like sands of the hourglass. And there's always something that he thinks is doing is cryptic. And even though they're two of the most popular people on planet earth and the United States, most specifically, I guess um, most people look at LeBron as like, dude, you're like, you're in dad status now, dog. Like you, you corny, corny, stop doing it. The Taylor Swift is still like it. And I'm not, not on the bandwagon. But I thought it was a really eloquent way of putting it. It's like Taylor Swift is who LeBron James thinks that he is. I'm going to be this cryptic secret guy. And y'all going to want to watch my every move. Yeah, to a degree. But it does It does end up getting, like it seems like you're kind of reaching for attention. And I mean, Taylor, I have no idea. Like The thing about these other things too is like we have no idea if it's those people actually posting it, if it's like their marketing team. Regardless. I think bronze is brawn. That's just me personally though. But I did think that it was a very eloquent and funny way of just kind of putting 
like two super crazy mega popular polarizing figures in American culture and saying LeBron thinks he's this and Taylor Swift is actually executing it at a far higher degree of excellence, basically. One more thing before I get out of here. I've made this rant about a year and a half ago, but since we have new listeners and we're in new demographics countries, even once again, thank you guys so much. Again, we're on so many different platforms now. It's bananas. Like I said, we're in different countries now that I wasn't before him because these guys are the, the podcast platform I actually use is doing its job. Uh, that sounds really bad for me to say anyway, but like, I didn't know the overcast and listen notes were even a thing until maybe, like I said, four or five days ago when I switched platforms. So those, the people who are listening on those platforms, please like, share, subscribe, smash those five star reviews, tell your friends so we can grow this thing. Like that's really cool. Cause I didn't even know that those platforms were even a thing and y'all are listening to, but to get back into this and wrap up this episode, you scans are something where I, I frequent, I, I don't like going to put my groceries on a conveyor belt. Uh, I, it, it's weird because I know that is job security for the other person. And when I do it myself, I feel bad, but I also have had so many negative experiences with somebody else handling my stuff where they put the eggs on the bottom and then they put like a bowling ball on top of it. I, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of that myself is I, I don't, I understand that this is necessary to keep things flowing in the work environment, but also if like, if you're not going to do your job, then I might as well just do it. Now, I also believe that if you're going to do that, you should get a discount on your groceries. doesn't have to be a whole lot, but if I'm freeing up somebody else and I'm doing my own thing and I'm doing it properly, y'all should pay me a little bit. Not even just pay me, just discount my stuff a little bit. But I had a moment today where I live in Alaska. So I'm not sure what the situation is across the country, but regular use scans, you know, it's just you plug and play, right? Just boop and put it in your stuff. And the bag is right next to you. And the Fred Meyer Kroger's has additional self-serving where you scan your items, you put on a conveyor belt and it goes across. And this is the first time I use that because also, rants, why in the f- do you have 19 different check stands open and two people working and you shut off one side? Because that's the thing, too, is that there's two different. There's a left side and then 19 different registers and then another self-checkout on both opposite sides of each other, right? But why are you going to have 19 checkouts and two running and then shut off one of the self-checkouts as well? If I was Peter Griffin, that would really grind my gears. But anyway, I'm going back and like the, the, the actual three in a row tiny ones are being used. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to use this conveyor belt one, even though I know, I know I'm going to f*** it up, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try. So I scan a gallon of milk. It goes down. Everything's good. Get my wife's almond milk, scan it, roll it down. Then I get to the things that aren't quite heavy enough to push off the rollers, not the conveyor belt, but there's those little rollers and it doesn't go all the way off. But I don't know that because I've never used it before. So I scan my next item and it comes back at me and then the foil comes back at me. I'm like, what, what the f- is going on? So I take them both off because it's like, take all your items off the conveyor belt. So I did. Then I scan them again. And I 
brought it back down there. And it kept shooting him back. And apparently, unless it goes completely off of the conveyor belt and the rollers, it doesn't register that it's been completely scanned. So I'm there taking us up back and forwards for like three minutes. And the one time I needed somebody that I actually needed somebody to be like, uh, tell you what, let me, let me, can I, do you want me to help you or can I move you to a different stage? I didn't get that. But every time I use self-checkout when it's just the little tiny boop and scan, I'll put like jelly beans in. A customer service attendant is on its way. I don't need you for that. I already scanned it. It's in my back. I don't, I don't need you for that. But like those are the instances where it's like, no, you're an idiot. Oh, you scanned one thing? Here, let me come help you with that. But then you have this conveyor belt that's ran by some form of underworld version of Guy's Grocery Games and Guy Fieri is just laughing at you, just laughing at you going, <laughs> and I have to go back and I got to do something else. No, just let me please pay for my stuff and let me get the hell out of your grocery store. That was the first time I've experienced the long self-checkout conveyor belt line, but that is the absolute worst. We got to do better, America. Also, can we bring plastic bags back? I'm not sure what the situation is like in lower 48, but up in, up in Alaska, damn near everything is paper bags now, and and there's no handles on half of them. What's it like down there? Like I'm sure you guys have plastic bags, so that can't be outlawed completely. Anyway, that's my rant of just random weird shit for the day. And man, I have so much more stuff I wanted to get to today, but the time is ticking. I got to get work on my prep work. Uh, I'm making basil, citrus, and cranberry herb ribs with uh, hot honey, bourbon, baked beans, grilled pineapples, and some Mexican street corn. So I got to get prepping on that. But before I leave, I used to do this thing called P. Scott's Picks. This is P. Scott's Prop Picks. So I'm not doing anything against the spread, over-unders, anything like that. This is a plus 2,800 bet with parlay. It's five-legger. So if you wager 100, you get $2,800 if it all hits. Patrick Mahomes, plus four and a half carries, took that. Brock Purdy, over three and a half carries. Elijah Mitchell, over four and a half rushing yards. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, over six and a half rushing yards. Christian McCaffrey, over four and a half receptions. I feel like that's pretty solid. Low key. You know, you know that the unsung heroes are going to show up, right? Eliza Mitchell, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, this guy, especially if you only need five yards and seven yards with both those dudes and five receptions. I think, I think we're going to be good, man. So again, that's a plus 2,800 parlay. If you play it to a T and if it all hits, so, with that being said, everybody, again, I want to say thank you guys so much for switching over from Spotify for podcasters and me to Buzzsprout. I'm hoping that everything was a smooth transition. Um, big thanks again to everybody who has listened across the country and the world who's learned about me over the past three or four days. Please. Like, share, subscribe, smash the five-star reviews, tell your friends about hide your kids, hide your wives, so we can build this thing into the evil empire we are trying to build. You guys know the drill. Stay up. Stay blessed. We'll catch you guys on the next one.